everybody my name is athena and you're here to listen to vanished in the valley so check this out we generally assume that the world is becoming a better place every year but when it comes to individual freedoms the actual opposite is true most studies show humanity is now less free than several years ago 20 years ago, we had a decentralized internet and a relatively unrestricted banking system. Today, Apple and Google censor information and apps on our phones, while Visa and MasterCard limit what goods and services we can pay for. Even the Biden administration is trying to get on that to have you reported for any transaction that's over $600. Every year, we give up more and more power and control over our lives to a handful of unaccountable corporate executives we did not elect, aka psychopaths. Most of us willingly carry tracking devices, our phones, and allow corporations to use our private data to target us with content that keeps us distracted with low-quality entertainment. Unlike 20 years ago, we are now surrounded by surveillance cameras, which, in countries like China, use AI to make sure no one can hide. In 2017, China overtook the U.S. as the largest economy in the world by purchasing power, showing the world that individual freedoms are not required for economic development. Looking at China's success, more countries have become authoritarian. So, who's going to fix it? The most active and creative minds of our generation are too busy playing in a rapidly shrinking sandbox called quote-unquote free enterprise, or producing digital content to keep everyone else glued to their devices for longer. The rest seems to be too distracted with the abundance of cheap digital entertainment to critically assess the trend and take action. Watching this, I wonder what will become the legacy of our generation. Will we go down in history as those who let free societies turn into a dystopian nightmare? Or will we be remembered as those who defended the freedoms that previous generations had fought so hard and died for to win? So that it was a message from the CEO of Telegram. And I just think he made some really good points. We are literally serving up our freedoms on a silver fucking platter to psychopaths. Psychopaths that want to control all the humans on Earth, that want to have this depopulation agenda, and I'm just fucking over it. It's time to take a stand. So, speaking of, September 18th, there are protests happening all over the United States. If you want to find one in your area, go check out Reddit, check out Facebook. The information is there, you just have to look for it. They're going to be in cities all across the country on the 18th. 
So guys, show up for freedom, show up for no medical tyranny, and let's show them what's up. So moving along to Congressman Dan Crenshaw. He did this interview with, uh, I don't know, it's some like organization called Conversations at the Mansion. So basically, the interview dude, Rick Walker, was asking Dan Crenshaw if he knew anything about the World Economic Forum, anything about that. Um, and he was like, kind of like, not necessarily playing dumb, but not even like evasive. He just like so aloof about it and just kind of said he didn't know anything about it, but he was accepted as a member of the world economic forum in 2019 young global leaders, five-year program. So let me just play that interview for you right now. Uh, where do you see the, the great reset right now? And where's it, where's it going over the next four, four to six well, years? I don't know if I danced around it. I just don't know anything about it. But there, there were a lot of subjects that touched the great reset, or at least the philosophy of the great reset. Yeah. I just don't know much about it. Okay. Like, and I don't, I don't care either. I, it, you know, the, I, I think we're obsessing over it on the right a little bit. And look, I, I have been to the website and I saw, okay, this okay, this is why people are saying that because I didn't look into that. Okay. okay, they say something about a great reset. I don't look into it any more than that. Look, it's it's a bunch of people. It, it's a, it's an organization that has no real power. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, look, there's always going to be people that, that maybe, I, I think what they mean by great reset is the same thing the Democrats are always saying about about you know what kind of infrastructure they want to invest in, redistribution of wealth, that kind of thing, or open immigration. I mean, it, it's it's what you think it is, I believe. Um, but you know, I think when you call it the Great Reset, it sort of, sort of, it, it sort of indicates that there's like a secret, you know, power cabal yeah. under it all. Yeah. And it's not so secret. It's just the Democrat Party. So, like again, I, I just want us to like take a step back. Like, it's not it's not a conspiracy. It's a, it is a political platform. Sure. But just like just you know, we we sound a little crazy <laughs> when we start talking about like some sort of like secret secret cabal. Um, yeah. Just just fight the Democrats. It's the same thing. Okay, so check this out. Usually, Dan Crenshaw, like I haven't really disagreed with much he has going on. But first, he's he's saying he doesn't really know about it, and then he goes on to say, but he doesn't care. And then he kind of becomes dismissive, and even uses the word obsessive, okay? But then immediately turns around and goes on to say that he went to the website and said, ah, this is why people are saying that. But then he goes on to say that the World Economic Forum has no power. All those billionaires in that organization have no power but then immediately aligns them with the Democratic Party. Money, organization, aligned with the Democrats. But right away goes and says, it is what you think it is. And then goes back to, no, it's just a crazy conspiracy. Everyone sounds crazy. Stop talking about it. Damn, that's some lawyer talk. Now this is why he's a politician. I don't even know about that guy anymore. I mean, this is just kind of crazy. I mean, do you guys think it's like 100% of American politicians are just compromised assholes? Is that, is that truly what it is? It's 100% at this point? Can you think of one politician that isn't at least part psychopath to have gotten to the position where they're at? 
we're literally being led by a bunch of multi-millionaire psychopaths that we voted, that we told, hey, go take charge of all this shit, manage all this money, and make us prosperous. We gave it to some lunatics. I, I don't even know. I guess I'm just kind of curious to see what companies, or if any companies, are going to try to defy the federal vaccination mandates. So I know that, like, what is that dude? I don't even know what that dude is. He has, like, a podcast. Um, ben Shapiro. Apparently his company is getting lawyers, getting ready to go fight Biden over it. But I haven't really heard anything about any other company in the United States going to fight it. I really hope they do. I mean, I know there's like several states where the governors are like, fuck, no, we're not going to enforce that. Unfortunately, California is not one of those states. Uh, by the way, uh, the Gab man himself, Gavin Newsom, somehow so shockingly survived the recall. So we're fucking, we're stuck with this slicked back Bond villain. I don't even know what else this guy is. And what's up with his little fucking wife? First of all, this fucking chick, apparently she was a lawyer associated with Harvey Weinstein. I'm sure everybody's heard about this by now. But anyway, she was kind of like trying to get Rose McGowan to drop the story or just get her quiet, basically. Pay her off. You know, do what uh, shady ass people do. So... Rose McGowan came out with this, and, uh, you know, she was backing Larry Elder. I think that move just pretty much ostracized her completely in the whole Hollywood situation. But who cares? Fuck those people. But anyway, so Newsom's wife, I mean, I had no idea who this chick even was. She just, like, one day appeared, and I was like, oh, shit, she looks like that elf chick from the Dark Crystal, the old school one from, like, the 80s. But yeah, apparently she's got her own little shady dealings, and now I see why her and the Gabman are a perfect power evil couple. So yeah, fuck all that. It's not really a shocker that the Gabman won the recall. I mean, it's disappointing, of course, because he just sucks. But it's not shocking. I mean, come on, look at California. It's super fucking liberal, like, on the coast and, like, the bigger cities. The rural parts, yeah, they're definitely more conservative, but there's not as many of them. They're spread out. And at this point in the game, I'm thinking of leaving. I'm thinking of moving up to the foothills, running away from all this shit and going to hang out in the Sierras for a while. I don't know. It's just a plan. I've got a, a tentative plan I've got tossing around in this weird-ass mind of mine. So let's get on to a little conspiracy with our own lovely FBI. Now, I just watched the testimony from gymnast Michaela Maroney. So I just watched her testify that basically she reported that a nasty-ass pedophile, Larry Nasser, to the FBI, like basically went into graphic detail about the abuse she suffered at the hands of this fucking pervert. And the FBI covered up for him for 14 months. 14 months of more girls being abused and this guy just giving free reign of all these gymnasts, America's gymnasts. Now, this case made me think back to the Finders case. Now, in the FBI documents that I read for that case, the FBI knew the CIA was running a pedophile ring. 
They did nothing to stop it, and they actively covered up in the media for the CIA and the Finders. Then we have the Boys Town Franklin scandal. The FBI helped directly cover up pedophile information on that case as well. So these are three different cases where we have direct evidence from the FBI them fucking selves. This isn't even a conspiracy theory. This isn't even in La La Land from direct FBI documents that they actively conspire to cover up for pedophiles. What the actual fuck? All of that with the FBI, all of their oversteps that have been going on for decades, it's going to continue to go on and no one's going to stop them. It's the people's job to stop governments that are out of control. And apparently the fucking people are asleep at the will. So now we got all this crazy shit going on with Nicki Minaj. Apparently she's red-pilled the whole world. Uh, some people are saying she's controlled opposition. Some people are just being assholes and don't like the way she talks. So they're discounting her based just solely upon that. Twitter straight up suspended her account. Apparently she was uh, just kind of relating a story of why her cousin would not get the jab. And over the last, you know, couple of days, she was just saying that it's crazy that people are getting mad at other people when they ask a question about a substance that's going to be injected into their bodies. Basically what we've all been saying for the last fucking year and a half. But uh, I don't know, apparently Nick Nicki Minaj can do in three minutes what everybody in the conspiracy world has been trying to get the fucking message across to the world in the last year and a half. But whatever, it seems like uh, that's what's up. If it's controlled opposition, that's uh, yet to be seen, but maybe uh, it's not. So now I'm going to tell you about a mystery that started back in 1947. I'm going to tell you about the Ship of Death. So the Ship of Death is what the American sailors who boarded this ship called the Orang Madan. The entire crew of the ship was dead. Eyewitnesses assured the faces of the crew were turned to the sky and distorted by torment. So check this out, guys. This all starts back in 1947. British and Dutch radio stations received a strange SOS signal, which someone transmitted into Morse code. This is what the message read. This is the Dutch ship, Orang Madan. The captain and all the officers are dead in the cockpit and on the bridge. Perhaps the whole crew is dead. Then came an incomprehensible series of dots and dashes, but they still managed to decipher the end message. Somewhere in the expanses of the Indian Ocean, an unknown radio operator clearly typed out, I am also dying. Despite the brevity of the message, a few distress ships managed to receive the distress signal not far from the Strait of Malacca, which separates the island of Sumatra from Malaysia. Among these ships, by a strange coincidence, there were also two American ships that were actually the first to establish the approximate location of this ship in distress. One of them was called the Silver Star, and they went on to try to rescue the Madan. So, the Strait of Malacca is only about 40 kilometers wide, but in length, it's over 800 kilometers. So, the drift ship was not immediately found. Sailors with the Silver Star immediately noticed something was wrong. No one was answering the greeting signals, and not a soul was visible on the deck. Therefore, the captain of the Silver Star decided to send a boat with a reconnaissance detachment to the Madan. 
So this is when it gets fucking gruesome. The Americans who got on board were greeted by a terrible sight. The deck and the bridge of the ship were littered with corpses. The radio operator who had transmitted the SOS was found in the radio room, and he had also died. His hands still lay on the transmitter. What terrified the would-be rescuers most was the fact that most of the dead lay wide eyes with contorted faces, which testified to an unbearable torment at the time of death. The sailors wanted to go down into the hold to inspect the cargo, but quickly abandoned this idea as an incredible cold reigned inside the ship. They described in some places the corridors were covered in a frost. So after consulting with the captain of the Silver Star, the sailors decided to take the Medan and tow it into the nearest port where it could possibly be processed to find out the cause of death of the sailors. But check this out. As soon as the ship was starting to be towed, a trickle of smoke started to appear over the deck and a smoldering fire began to break out. At this point, the Silver Star had to rush and disconnect the line before they were caught up in the fire of the Medan. Apparently, there was such a strong explosion that the ship lifted above the water and then quickly sank, basically taking with it any hope of getting autopsies on these people or even just further investigating what could possibly be the cause of this. So, fast forward 60 years, and we get some American researchers that became interested in this story of the Madan. But... They were surprised to find the only document confirming the authenticity of the story of the Madan crew was a brochure published by the U.S. Coast Guard in 1952. The brochure published the testimonies of sailors boarding the Flying Dutchman, quote-unquote. This document proved that the story actually happened. U.S. archives were actually able to confirm the existence of the Silver Star, and according to the papers, it was sold in this 1947 to Graceline and received a new name, the Santa Juana. But finding documentary evidence of the existence of the Dutch vessel Orang Madan was not so simple. Neither in the International Register of Ships, nor in the Singapore Maritime Archive, nor in the archives of Amsterdam. A ship of that name has never been registered. They did find traces of this ship in Germany, finally. There was a scientist by the name of Theodore Sersdorfer who devoted 50 years to the study of the Medan and managed to establish the names of the American ships that received the SOS signals. The second vessel was called the City of Baltimore. I found a brochure by another German author, Otto Amilk. The brochure was called Das Totenschiff in der Zurich. I have no fucking idea what I said, but basically in English it says Death Ship in the South Sea. It was published in 1953. So the author spoke in detail about the Orang Madame ship, indicating technical characteristics and claimed the ship really died with its crew in 1947. Milk also kind of shed light on the possible causes of death of the ship, hinting that the fourth compartment in the hold of the ship was indeed filled with dangerous cargo, which caused the death of the crew, potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin. So, now we're going to get into some of the different theories surrounding this ship and what possibly could have happened. And I'm about to tell you about the one I think is most likely right now. So, Division 731. The Japanese called it Division of Togo. 
It was founded in 1932 by Japanese bacteriologist Shiro Ishii and gained terrible fame that people called it the cannibal layer. The task of the department was to develop the deadliest bacteriological weapons and the most terrible poisonous substances. In these laboratories, the Japanese tested these substances on prisoners of war, the Chinese and the Russians, as well as on the civilian population of China, on women, on children, on everyone. The Japanese doctors did not stop the suffering of people. They opened the victims alive to see the effects of this poison gases on their internal organs. They froze these still alive quote-unquote patients and infected them with various combinations of infections. What is with these fucking evil-ass doctors? But despite all of these war crimes, the Americans granted them immunity in exchange for the results of their research. For transportation of the toxic substances of Unit 731, Medan, a ship of Sumatran or Malaysian smugglers, not registered in any of the marine registers, whose task was to take out the deadly substances to the United States. In the hold of the Medin, containers leaked, the crew died, and the gas managed to disappear by the time Americans approached. However, this is only just one of many versions of what could have possibly happened to these people. So, check this out. We have some people saying that there was a powerful ultrasound which can occur in the ocean and kill people. Some conspiracy theorists believe the team was killed by the undead or meta-UFO. Super scary. Scientists spoke of a cloud of methane that rose from the depths of the Strait of Malacca, covered the ship and the crew, and they simply suffocated without oxygen. But it's like, how did Homeboy have enough time getting the fucking radio room and Morse code type out some fucking novel about everyone being dead? I don't buy that whole gas release. So the version with the Nazis kind of goes on. The researchers found a publication in the Indonesian newspaper Locomotive, dated February 3rd, 1948. It said that after the explosion on the Madan, a boat with a starving man was thrown ashore on one of the Marshall Islands. This man spoke German and told the translator that the Orang Madan actually belonged to Germany and sank 400 miles southeast of the Marshall Islands. In 1945, it supposedly transported containers of nerve gas, but learning about the surrender of Germany, it began to hide, moving from port to port and moving on to South America. The Germans' journey was interrupted by an accident. One of the containers depressurized and the entire team plus Doggy, died. There is also another plausible explanation for what happened on the ship. Perhaps the smuggler's vessel was transporting such, oh, you know, ordinary cargo. Maybe it was ammonium nitrate. This is a fertilizer that's used in the manufacture of explosives. After getting into the hold of the seawater, Ammonium nitrate entered a chemical reaction with the water and began to decompose, releasing laughing gas, which causes drug intoxication and dulls vigilance. At the same time, a decrease in temperature occurred. Since the reaction proceeds with the absorption of heat, which could explain the severe cold in the hold. Hmm. The introduction of ammonium nitrate into the reaction with any alkali that came on board could lead to the formation of ammonia which, you know, a choking cloud can take people out in just minutes. 
So heating the fertilizer near a stream or diesel engine could definitely lead to heating of the cargo. So I don't know, here we are like 60 years later still trying to figure out what happened to these people. I mean, most likely it was just some sort of a hazardous material that escaped the ammonia gas cloud, or perhaps they really were transporting some sort of biological weapons for Division 731. Unfortunately, I don't think we'll ever find out unless they try to get that ship off the bottom of the sea. So now a little change of subject to a missing person, because how long has it been since I profiled a missing person? Like a month or two at least. And this one, I kind of been following it from the beginning, and now this case has kind of just exploded. I'm talking about the case of Gabby Petito, who supposedly just disappeared into thin air while kind of like doing this like camper van trip thing with her boyfriend across the country. Apparently this fucking guy, her boyfriend, just appears at home without her and thought nobody was going to ask any questions. And now today the police have released a video of an interaction they had with Gabby and her boyfriend and that was back on August 12th. And in the video Gabby is sobbing. She's super upset. She's telling the police that she has really bad OCD. She said she, her and her boyfriend had been fighting all morning. He wouldn't let her in the car. He told her he needed to calm down. She was super upset. And he actually had scratches all over his face. Apparently, he was trying to take a cell phone from her. Or maybe she was trying to take it from him. There was basically a struggle over a cell phone. And his face is all scratched up. So the police released this video. It's like an hour and maybe 15 minutes long. What they ended up doing is just having the boyfriend go to a hotel for the night and the girl stayed in the van at a little camp spot in the area. But check this out. Apparently, the couple were seen arguing at this little store that 24-year-old Kylan Schultz works at. And right after, like two days after, her and her 38-year-old girlfriend, Crystal Turner, were found shot dead by a friend at the LaSalle Mountain Range in Utah, and that was on August 8th. So, the police are saying they're not ruling out any links in this case, because how fucking strange is that? A girl goes missing in the area, two other girls are murdered in the area, and apparently those two women that were murdered had actually reported there was some fucking creepy guy that kept watching them at this camp spot. So the police are investigating that part and just trying to figure out what the fuck is happening to these women in Utah. The police are now actually saying her boyfriend, Laundry, is hindering the investigation by not cooperating with them. He has like totally lawyered up at this point. Florida's Northport Police Department said in a statement on Wednesday that Brian Lundry is a person of interest in the case. Northport Police Chief Todd Garrison added, As a father, I can imagine the pain and suffering Gabby's family is going through. We are pleading with anybody that has any information, including Brian, to share that information with us on her whereabouts in the past few weeks. Garrison added, The lack of information from Brian is hindering this investigation. The answers will eventually come out. We will help find Gabby, and we will help find anyone who may be involved in her disappearance. Cops also confirmed in a statement today that Laundry returned to his parents' house in Florida on September 1st. That's almost two weeks before Petito's family became concerned and reported her missing. So we got a hell of time in between the last reported contact with her 
And this fool just showing up in Florida, like no one's going to fucking be like, hey, where's your little girlfriend you've been dating the last few years? Just gone, disappeared. So like I said earlier, they were traveling together in a white van and the police actually came and seized that shit from his parents' house on Saturday. Local police asked for witnesses who may have seen the van in the previous weeks to contact them as Laundry continues to refuse to speak to the police. So apparently these two had lived together in Florida for the past two years. They met in high school in New York. And apparently this girl had like an Instagram. She was documenting her travels, quote unquote, van life travels on social media. They had a YouTube channel set up. And now she's just fucking gone. Disappeared into thin air. And this girl's like tiny. She looks like four foot three and 90 pounds wet. Super cute. And now she's just missing. And this fucking asshole is just basically like torturing her parents, not cooperating. What the fuck did he think was going to happen? The truth always finds a way to the light. So as of right now, the FBI have become involved in the case. I'm not really sure why, because usually they don't really become involved in missing person cases with adults, but I'm thinking because these two covered so many different states, the FBI kind of had to come in to maybe make this investigation a little bit easier. So as of right now, they have set up a hotline. It's 1-800-CALL-FBI, 225-5324. And if you know anything about the case, if you think you might have seen them traveling or anything like that, Call them and give them a tip so we can hopefully bring Gabby home. Hopefully she's just kind of having a mental health episode and wants to be alone, some shit like that, and she's not, you know, fucking buried somewhere in the desert because her boyfriend's an asshole. Who knows? But yeah, I really do hope they find her, and I my heart goes out to their family. They got to be actually, like, living in actual hell right now. I can't even imagine. So that's about it for this week, you guys. Before I go, I've got to thank my top three downloading states. Okay, as per usual, California in the top spot. Hey, hey, what's up? And then we got Texas and a new one, Illinois. Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on over there? Thank you for downloading. I appreciate it. So as I always tell you guys, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao.